Welcome to Konoha Crush, a secret mission to discuss happenings in and around the village hidden in the leaves. I'm Gwen. And I'm Ruby. Ruby. Yeah? What's been going on? Uh, I've I've been I've been hanging out. I've been uh I've been watching anime. I've been gaming as as I do. As is my want. Yeah, me too, pretty much. Uh I'm coming up on the end of a first watch through of Revolutionary Girl Utena. Oh nice. That's a great show. Yeah. It's exciting. Um I'll probably have more things to say about it next week after I actually finish the show. Just giving you all a fair warning. Mm-hmm. Next week, Gwen's gonna uh, blow everybody's minds with a hot new revolutionary take on the classic anime Utena. It's gonna completely restructure everything you thought you knew about it, and uh, I hope you're looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. Look, all I'm gonna say is, uh, you know how Utena pulls a sword out of Anthe's chest? Yeah, I, I know about that. What if it means something? That's that's a lot to take in. Generally, I like watch a bunch of stuff like seasonally a lot of the time. I don't think I'm going to talk about everything that I watch, but um, I did want to talk about one of the shows I'm watching this season, which is uh, Ranking of Kings or Osama Ranking. Uh, Gwen, are you have you seen any of that? I love Ranking of Kings. It's a good show, right? It's fucking great. It's really good. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I, I, I guess the thing that I wanted to talk about with it that I was finding really striking is that there's like. In in a lot of like action and adventure anime, you've you've got the sense of like here's the protagonist who is like you know who can't do the things that other people can do, and I think a lot of the time there are ways to read that that like tie back to thoughts about disability, even if that's not necessarily the intent of the uh, the original work. Right. And in in uh, in Ranking of Kings, that there's like a I mean, there's like a very like clear through line there in the sense that like the um, the the main character of that Prince Boji is like he is hard of hearing and he communicates non-verbally and um and also like on an, on another level to that like you know he's like physically not as strong as people expect somebody in his position should be you know he's not able to um pick up a big sword and swing it super hard and like break a bunch of shit with a big sword yeah and um so so something that I, th- I think is like really compelling about it and about the way it like approaches this is like um. You know, he, he, he can't do all of those things, but, like, he is, like, you know, he's great at dodging. He can move really fast, he can avoid getting hit, and he can, like, sneak in attacks on the side, right? And uh, I think as somebody who watches a lot of anime, there's a sense of, like, oh, this is, like, a type of cool guy that exists in anime that a lot of viewers are, like, acclimated to accept, I think. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I think what the show does that's so smart is, like, even though he's, like, found these ways to, like, it do things and like be good at things there is like this immediate response of like well that's wrong you need to like do this the right way that we all do this that like it, it immediately like you know pushes that to the side as like an invalid way of doing things in spite of that being the like only method available to him in some ways i i think the scene that really like encapsulates this is part where he's having a duel with his younger brother yeah, yeah, for sure. And he is, like, embarrassing his brother because, like, his brother can't land a hit. Mm-hmm. And instead of being, like, cheered on, like, oh, yeah, you're doing it, everyone is just like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, like, oh, this, is, this isn't, like, a kingly way to fight. This is bullshit. Yeah. And, like, I, I think it's such a, like, a smart way of depicting, like, you know, there are, like, you know, people with disabilities, like, you know, there are ways to, like, engage in the world and there are ways to, like, work, you know, with what you can do with that, like 
there are ways to like that they have to engage with the world that are often like because they need a little more accommodation or because they are like not what is like immediately recognized as the acceptable way to do things are like seen as invalid and looked down upon and i think that like having these two layers to that character's uh character story does like a really good job of like bringing an audience who is perhaps a little less acclimated to thinking about disability into that mindset and like into understanding like the, the the level on which that is like 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 you know ableism is like a societal problem. I, I just think it's really smart. Yeah, and like even beyond all that, it's a fucking beautiful show. It is unbelievably gorgeous. Like 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 I, 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 every background on that show is just like just like a beautiful painting, extremely striking locations. I think, I think the art director on that is uh, Yuji Kaneko. And like his kind of great. Uh, like the 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 designs are like really like simple and appealing, and that like lends to this huge degree of movement. And it's just like really like it, it is just a delight to watch every week. And I'm I'm hoping that keeps up. Me too. So, Ruby, you wanted to talk about better explaining what's up with the podcast. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I believe um, last time we talked about this as like a Naruto rewatch podcast, and that is true. But specifically, I, I think this is like a this is a complete Naruto rewatch podcast in the sense that we are going to watch every episode of the the original anime and uh, Naruto Shippuden. We are uh, taking these as like you know we, we are we are uh, engaging with the whole text. We are treating the anime as the primary text in in ways because I think there's a lot of interesting stuff that is done. Through the like by the various creative voices on the anime that like you know the the, the manga by Masashi Kishimoto is like that that is a good way to experience the story. I like the manga too, but I, I think there's more to dig into with the anime. And also, I'm I'm curious to see what um like what like like what what there is to dig into with a lot of the stuff that sort of gets left by the wayside because you know I I have seen every episode of this show before. And I know that, like, a lot of people have their skip lists that they, you know, try to incorporate, like, the good filler in or, like, their edits that remove, that, you know, add the stuff that, like, keeping the stuff that they think is additive to the, uh, the, the story, but, like, cut everything else out. And, like, I, I just don't think that there is a, uh, there is any one of those that doesn't somehow, like, leave out something that I think is interesting and, like, worth engaging with and worth discussing. And I think this is, like, a, a way I am interested in engaging with the text of Naruto. Yeah, um, the biggest reason we didn't explain this last week is because last week was a fucking mess. It was a mess. Uh, you know, we, we came in, we, we we wanted to talk about Naruto and Fortnite, and then we forgot to say what the podcast was. And, uh... You know, we did, we, we did our best with what we knew about how to record a podcast, and I think we've hopefully learned a little more this time. Okay, so with that, I think it's time to get into the episodes, uh, starting us off with episode four. Uh, in, a, in episode four, so at the start, the squad are left waiting for their Jonin and have a little argument about a prank. The Jonin arrives, his name is Kakashi, and he gets chalk dust on his head uh, and lets them know that the first impression is a bad one. He's like, I hate you kids. <laughs> hey, we, you talked about, about the prank and like, yeah, so like Naruto is like putting a like chalkboard eraser up in the door so that when Kakashi opens it, it's gonna fall on his head you know and um we talked very briefly about inner soccer in the previous episode like I called it a doomed gimmick but I didn't really like say anything about what specifically it was and what it like represents for that character um 
And like here we get a sense of like, you know, Sakura, when, when she sees Naruto doing the prank outwardly, she's like, oh, you shouldn't do a prank. That's bad. But inwardly, she's like, I love pranks. I think pranks are awesome. And so like, obviously, it's there to present this idea of like Sakura as a person who is like working to like fit within the social expectations of her and to like, you know, be very well behaved and like successful. But she's got like a rowdy side that she's suppressing. And like, I think something I'm going to be very curious to pay attention to is like on this rewatch is if that is... Um, if that's anything, if that goes anywhere at all. Yeah, I'm really excited to see if that goes anywhere at all. Because I could see an argument, and I don't know that it's a convincing one, but like an argument that, oh, when she learns to punch stuff, that's like her letting this out in like an acceptable way. But I don't think, I, I don't know if that's something that the, the show is really going to engage with on any real level. Yeah, that sounds like something Naruto could have done. It does. <laughs> There's lots of things that Naruto could have done. So Kakashi takes the kids outside and has them do a little icebreaker. Kakashi introduces himself first, without going into any detail whatsoever. Naruto mostly just talks about ramen and wanting to be the Hokage. Sakura blushes a lot about Sasuke, and turns around to say she hates Naruto. And then Sasuke lets everyone know that he wants to kill a man. It's so good. Like, when Sasuke's turn, like, it immediately feels like this kid has been waiting for somebody to ask him this question his whole life. He's got this whole speech prepared, and he's like, Oh, I don't have a dream, I have an ambition to kill a man. I want to point. I want. I want to point out um, the dub's very funny use of the word "destroy" here. <laughs> yes, you can't. You can't say "kill" on television for children. I, I also like when Sasuke is like, uh, when, when Sasuke says, "I need to kill a man." Naruto's like, "Oh shit, that's not me, is it?" I, I think that's that's just a funny joke. It is a funny joke, and uh, I, I also like how this scene is kind of. Is it's a really like. It's a pretty clean distillation of, like, the way that all of these kids have these really myopic uh, visions of their own selves and, like, and uh, their own goals. Like, like, Sasuke's thing really does seem rehearsed, and Naruto is just like, yeah, here's a thing I like, and Sakura has basically nothing to say about herself. And uh, so there's a sense of, you know, these these kids don't really get what they're about, and they don't really get what the other people in their squad are about because they're kids, and uh, they're being trained as child soldiers, and they haven't had to had a chance to think about much of any of that. No, they haven't. So Kakashi tells them about a survival exercise that's going to act as a test to see if they're really suited to be ninja. And he stresses that it's so intense they should skip breakfast or risk throwing up. This is also the scene where Kakashi is like, you know, only, of the 27 graduates, only nine of you will get to keep, actually like move on to be ninjas, right? Yeah. So th- th- this is something I started thinking about through these episodes, which is the... Um, I, I'm curious about what the structure of the Ninja Academy is, because we there's a line in the first episode about how Naruto has been held back twice, but he's also like the same age as, you know, Sakura and Sasuke, who I don't think we have any reason to believe have been held back at all. And so I'm curious if there's just like a lot of uh, like really fast attempts at getting these kids to graduate and then like getting them through these like initial exercises with a like Jonin teacher, what, what the structure of it is there, or if that's even something that's like been considered. Yeah, because if you're to believe that these children started at the same time, or like the same age, then the, then that means Naruto is two years older than the other two. And like he's not, like that's just not what the official answer for like what his age is in relation to the other kids. Right, so I guess the only explanation there is then is that you can just start whenever you feel like you're ready. I mean like it is that or it is what I was saying, it's like oh we just... Like, you know, we, we just try to shuffle out graduation tests, like, every month or so. And then, uh, 
Yeah, I don't know, because like every other kid that graduates at the same time is also the same age, so there's no real disparity in the like age ranges there. And then this also like, and this is this is a lot of me just getting in my own head and trying to like figure stuff out that like I don't know that the show is really interested in answering. But I, I was wondering if like if that is the case, is there then like a rush to you know we 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 need to keep pushing these kids to like. Get, get past this point and if, if they don't pass a certain age we just we just give up on them like is there a cutoff point where they're just going to stop trying with these kids yeah i don't know and this is getting way ahead of myself here but there is like a kid in boruto who is much older than all the other students yeah yeah no, there's a uh, iwabe who is like specifically a character who has been held back a bunch and is older than like his classmates but you know maybe maybe the academy has been reformed since then i don't know these are not answer i don't think these are questions that the show has answers for but like maybe if i pay really close attention this time i'll find them yeah right like nobody gives a shit it was just like the two years held back thing is just a one-off line to show that like naruto isn't very good at being a ninja school right and like we're thinking about it way more than anybody who has ever put it to paper has yeah but i also am very curious in like what the cat the ninja academy is like and if it's really even any good at teaching anybody because i i sort of suspect that it's not regardless of what the intent of like how to how they try to depict it and like what they try to communicate with it is well i think this episode is a little bit about that or at least not not necessarily about that but like the, this episode of the next one will answer that question to some degree mm-hmm. at sunrise team seven arrives at the woods, and waits for Kakashi. Kakashi arrives a little before noon and tells him their task is to retrieve two bells that he will keep on his person. And at noon, everyone without a bell will not only fail the test, but be tied down and forced to watch as everyone else eats their lunch. I, I, like, I, I guess like I'll just say like I think this is a pretty fun setup, right? Like I think that, you know, if you if you know about what stories are, it's pretty obvious that it's like, oh, you know, he's he's like setting them against each other. But maybe there's a secret purpose. But, you know, uh, I, I don't know. I, I just think it's like, yeah, this is like a solid. This is just like a really solid mechanism to like get these characters like interacting with each other. And uh... yeah. And I also really like the the hunger setup. So it's like, don't eat breakfast or you might throw up, but also arrive at sunrise. And then he shows up at about noon. <laughs> yeah something that happens in this segment also is uh naruto gets mad at kakashi and runs at him with a knife like like before the time starts it's it's another really good use of the word destroy <laughs> you've got to come out with the intent to destroy me <laughs> yeah yeah th- th- this was the moment where i like i realized that this is like a this is an episode that's like pretty conservative with the amount of like animation resources it has to work with because there are like less drawings in the scene where kakashi grabs and redirects the knife towards the back of naruto's neck than in the manga in, in the anime than there are in the manga <laughs> so you know it's it's uh th- this is this is just the realities of like a long-running show in anime production like this but you know there's gonna be some times where the show is just a little stiff and a little limited in what it can do that's fine, but this this specific moment really struck me. After Kakashi says go, and everyone jumps away to do their own thing, everyone's hidden, Kakashi compliments their subtlety when Naruto confronts him head-on. As Aruka learns from the third Hokage that Kakashi has failed every single student with his strict test, Kakashi shows off by reading a book while Naruto fights, but Naruto catches him off guard with his shadow clones, only for Kakashi to slip away, leaving Naruto beat up and embarrassed after some infighting with his clones. I mean, you, you say Kakashi's reading a book. You, we, what we need to mention is that specifically Kakashi is reading like a really horny book. He's reading some fucking porn while he's like fighting this child. Yeah. Yeah. This is this is one of the famous uh, jokes of Kakashi. 
is that he likes to read his horny novels. Mm-hmm. This is also when uh, Kakashi does the uh, the poke. This is the, that's the other famous joke of Kakashi. Mm-hmm. And I mean, if you watched the episode, if if you watched along with us, then you know what we're talking about. If you didn't, you probably remember. If you still don't know, you're probably fine. Yeah, it's okay. Don't worry about it. I don't want to talk about it. it seems like you don't want to talk about it. Fine. <laughs> It's just one of those things. It's like a little bit yucky. Yeah, you know, it's it is what it is. Yeah, uh, this is also when we learn about substitution shitsu, mm-hmm. because Naruto like had had him grabbed up with a bunch of clones, uh, but Kakashi used his substitution jutsu to like swap places with one of the clones to make Naruto believe that he had in fact used a transformation jutsu and was hiding among the clones. That, that, that is specifically after Naruto gets like thrown into the water and then like yeah, that crawls is it. back up. After the poke, yeah, and I, I I do think it's a like it is a pretty fun moment to just have uh, Naruto. You know, he he gets a drop on Kakashi. Like even if Kakashi gets out of it easily, he's still surprised by it. And you know, Sakura and Sasuke are, are all oh maybe maybe he's maybe he's better than I thought. And I think it's it's just a fun little win for Naruto to have. Like it feels good to see the kids succeed even a little bit, even if it's immediately uh, just de- like uh, devolves into another comedy beat where uh, Naruto is trying to beat up his own clones. Eventually, one of them comes up with the bright idea. We we know it's not the main one, because he has to tell the main one to dispel the clones. Kakashi's gone, but Naruto notices a little bell that Kakashi must have dropped at the base of a tree. And, falling for an obvious trap, he ends up hanging from the ankles as Kakashi reappears to scold him. Sasuke spots an opportunity to attack, and the episode ends as Kakashi is pelted with knives. The fakest cliffhanger in the world. Okay, so, okay, okay, another dub thing. Another dub thing. Kakashi makes the funniest sound in the world when he's hit by the knives. Okay, do I need to pull this up? You need to pull this up. He finally dropped his guard. Won't you ever learn? <laughs> <laughs> uh, he, he does. That's a pretty funny sound that he makes there. You, are you going to put that in the episode? I'm probably going to put that in the episode, yeah. Yeah, but no, it's it is really something that they like. I mean, maybe they, they clearly don't expect that much investment. This is a cliffhanger because the next episode preview shows that Kakashi is like perfectly alive. But like the fact that I think even for a second after we just learned about substitution jutsu that we're gonna buy that Kakashi has just been killed haphazardly by Shuriken this is pretty funny to me. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure even in the little animation like explaining substitution, like the example they use is having Shuriken thrown at you. Like this is this is just like a oh the, like an end of a page beat in uh, in the manga, but they really try to like end an episode off on it, and it it just comes across as very silly. It's really good. This is also a good time to point out um, for like the the dub voices and everything. Mm-hmm. I think Kakashi's is really good. Huh. I, I I think Kakashi is like really good in the the sub. Also, I really like Kazuhiko Inoue's performance. Kakashi, he's just like a delight to listen to. Yeah, hold on, let me look up who's Kakashi in the... I'm gonna feel really embarrassed if I, like, got that wrong, because I didn't look that up, I just went from memory. So if Kakashi isn't voiced by Kazuhiko in a way, then I guess you can uh, nail me to the stake or whatever. It is, um, in English, Dave Wittenberg. Dave Wittenberg. If you're listening, shoutouts to you. Hey, shoutouts to Dave. Uh, who else has Dave been? Oh, he was the Joker in Lego Batman movie. That's great. Okay, so in episode 5, 
We open up with that last scene again, except we see Kakashi use the substitution jutsu to turn into a log instead of a dead body, and Sasuke realizes he gave away his position and moves to avoid being found. Sakura chases after him, not wanting to be separated from Sasuke, but ultimately loses him before being confronted by Kakashi, while Naruto cuts himself free only to land on his second rope trap. G- getting into this episode, I do want to um, do a quick shout out to like uh, a staff member on it. Um, one of the key animators is Nozomu Abe, who uh, these days he's known as the action director for Madoka. He has like big climactic scenes on basically every modern Ufo table project. He's, he's got like big minute long scenes and all the Heaven's Feel movies. He does a bunch of the big moments from the Demon Slayer show and also the big climactic cut of the movie. He's all over their work. And like here early on in his career, he's a like pretty regular on Naruto. And um, I don't know specifically what part of this episode is his work, but I do want to just shout that out. And, uh, you know, it's just something I'm going to be paying attention to going forward. Nice. And like, I, I also think that, like, I mean, not not just because of that, right? But I, I think this episode in general is like coming to this episode from the previous one. It was like, oh, the show is moving again. Like, there's movement in the show again. Yeah, and like, e- even the previous batch of episodes is like, oh, this can be a cool show I- in a way the first three like didn't touch on at all. Mm-hmm. I still think that first episode is pretty good, but you know, it, it, it is it, 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 Naruto is really taking shape here at this point. I think. Kakashi uses Genjutsu on Sakura, making her faint after seeing a knifed-up Sasuke begging for help. Sasuke hears the scream as Kakashi lands behind him. We get a quick explanation of Genjutsu before Sasuke rushes Kakashi. Sasuke demonstrates how strong a fighter he is, almost getting his hands on the belt, forcing Kakashi to take him seriously. So the things I want to talk about, when when Sakura sees the knifed-up Sasuke, uh, there's a zoom-in on her eye, and there's like this really a intricate cut of like the tear welling up in her eye like the, the, and before it like spills over and, like and it is just it is the single most intricate piece of animation in this episode it's kind of ridiculous yeah well that's really it's like kind of intense yeah no it's, it's very striking and uh the other thing i want to talk about with this is that when sakura see when sakura is like reacting kakashi's like hmm did i go too far and evidently somebody on the anime staff thought that Mikashi, kishimoto had gone too far because in the anime sasuke is like missing an arm and one of his legs is twisted around backwards yeah 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 and then also, again when uh when Sasuke is attacking Kakashi, it is again, it, it, there's just a lot more motion in the uh, the action in this episode. Like, th- there, there's some kind of awkward cuts to, like, here's the, the panels from the manga where it stops for a bit, but there's, like, some pretty solid movement in each, uh, in, in, in like, each, like, between that and, uh, like, th- th- there's just a lot more, like, attention to detail in, in, the, in the action animation in this episode. Yeah, um, also something I want to point out, um, in the scene with, when Kakashi like appears behind Sasuke, I love how it's like a close up of Kakashi's like hips, or I guess hips since he's like in you know sideways profile, and just like the bells falling to settle and making a sound. Mm-hmm. Like that's really, I-, I thought that was like really cool of like a kind of a low animation way to show that he just like got there really fast. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like this is this is this is no, like nowhere near the peak of like how animated an episode of Naruto can get, but there's a lot of like really smart work done with what they have. Yeah, and it's like and and like we also get that like explanation of Genjutsu at first and it and and we don't realize at first that like Kakashi is just like talking to Sasuke about it, like explaining this the scream so Sasuke doesn't worry too much. He's like, "Don't worry, she's not dead or anything. She's got all of her blood in her. She just thinks you don't." <laughs> Yeah, and, and I really like the part where Sasuke is just built different. <laughs> he is just built different. I also have in my notes, Sasuke is a, a bit of a note about Sasuke saying that he's built different. He would never fall for a Genjutsu. 
Yeah, and like I really like how just like showing like be- because Sasuke's and Naruto's confronting Kakashi are like basically back to back. You know, they're like across an episode border, but like that doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. I think it's a really slick way to like show the differences in their like potency and style. Mm-hmm. Like from from the jump, Sasuke has like a trap set. And he actually, like, gets into a hand-to-hand altercation with Kakashi that Kakashi has to, like, actually try hard to get out of in a way that just, like, wasn't the case with Naruto. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, there's a, like, you, you immediately see, like, oh, yeah, Sasuke is the, uh, like, is, you know, he's the top of his class. He, he, he is, like, way better than everybody else here. And you, you do immediately buy that. And you also get this, that, like, he still can't really hold a candle to Kakashi. But, you know, he, he's, uh, he, he, can, he can at least not immediately get owned. Yeah, right. Like, obviously, Kakashi is, like, miles above like not even in the same ballpark as these literal children but like you know it's a oh i can't just not pay attention with you Mm -hmm. sakura wakes up and goes to look for sasuke still believing him to be injured somewhere while kakashi and sasuke continue to fight naruto spots where kakashi left the bento for the two winners and recalls kakashi's advice on an obvious deception Sasuke impresses Kakashi with a fireball jutsu and earns an earnest attempt at subduel with an earth-style jutsu that leaves Sasuke buried in the ground up to his chin. And, you know, I, I gotta say, you know who's not impressed with this fireball is me. Um, I think it looks like dog shit. Uh, <laughs> it is just, like, the worst, muddiest digital fire fire effect, and the actual, like, outline of the fireball outside of that fire, fire effect is, like, really transparent and kind of hard to see. I, I, I am not, on the whole, opposed to, you know, the movement to, like, digital composition and uh, production pipelines accommodating that in anime. I think there is a lot of... I, I think that ultimately it has a lot of, for a lot of, like, new, like, forms of, like, expression and animation that I generally find really exciting and compelling. And, like, there will be an opportunity to talk about that in this very podcast eventually. 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 But, but like, there is definitely a time, especially early on in that, tra- in that transitory period, where, like, I, I, I know that some people will say that animation got worse after this, and I don't think that is the case, but I think that there are definitely some times where with these, like, relatively newer uh, toolkits, what, that there is a sense where the presentation of animation gets a little bit worse. But also, I I, I mean, the, these kinds of bad digital effects overlaid over effects animation are actually not, they're still present. So, and I, I hate it every time, and I hate it here. It is especially bad here. It is not a good-looking fireball. But it used so much chakra. A kid couldn't do that. Like it, it, it is like especially disappointing because um, or, or the I I think the the fireball panel in the manga looks pretty sick. Oh yeah, that's a shame. Yeah, and it is it is just like a completely impactless moment because of the way this fire is rendered in this show. Convinced the answer to this exercise is to steal lunch instead of a bell, Naruto goes for the bento, only to be interrupted by Kakashi. Sakura finds a buried Sasuke and faints again, believing him to be a disembodied head, and by the time Sakura wakes up, it's almost noon, and Sasuke intends to go fight Kakashi again, but spends too much time telling off Sakura for wanting to fall back and just try again next year, when they're more experienced. Yeah, I I actually like- I I really like this moment where, uh, Sasuke is trying to was talking to Sakura. That is the one of the only times I'm going to say this on this podcast. But like in this specific moment, I think it's because when they're introducing themselves to each other, he has this uh, thing that he's like really confident about saying. And the instant he is, um, he's like confronted with the fact that he's not as close to where he needs to be as he wants to be, and, and like 
is being like asked to talk about what his deal is in more detail beyond this sort of like rehearsed response. He he just doesn't really know what to say. He doesn't know what he's doing. He's just uh, kind of stumbling over his words and like pot, like taking these long pauses in the middle of a sentence. And uh, I think it's really characterful. Yeah, I mean, you can only spend half your life rehearsing one phrase. Yeah. So it's like, you know, we're going to have to elaborate. That's why there's a time skip later on, so everybody can get another phrase. And you know what? I'm I'm gonna say it. I think I think Naruto exercised some really good problem solving skills here. Yeah. Kakashi didn't say you couldn't just eat. I think Kakashi's being a bad DM here. I think he's like, no, it has to be the solution I thought of. Won't let his fucking players come up with good solutions on their own. Kakashi's just fucking railroading him. It's I hate to playing Kakashi's campaign. At least it lets him get the whole fucking teamwork speech off. Mm-hmm. Speaking of which. Team 7 sits dejected and hungry, anticipating a scolding. Kakashi explains that they won't be heading to the academy, and they celebrate too soon, before Kakashi explains that they are being kicked out of the ninja program entirely. Meanwhile, the third Hokage tells Aruka that Kakashi has good judgment, and that he was right to fail the children he did. Kakashi says that the kids misunderstood the whole intent of the exercise, and details how each of them failed to demonstrate any amount of teamwork. Not through their whole time in the academy, did anybody explain to any of these children that, like, it is your job to work as a team? You know, I mean, maybe it, maybe, maybe it came up. Like, I think the idea is definitely that Kakashi was, like, deliberately trying to, you know, make them avoid working as a team. But also, yeah, I don't know, like, I, that probably is something that would have been drilled. Like, if, if the education was sufficient, probably would have been drilled into them, like, more uh, concretely than... Uh, yeah, right, like, it would have been obvious from the two-bell thing, like, oh, yeah, one of us is supposed to put, like, the the team's needs ahead of their own. Kakashi shows them a stone monument with the name of heroes etched into it on every side. Naruto declares that his name will be on the stone someday, before Kakashi explains that it is a memorial carved with the names of ninja who have been killed in action. Kakashi declares that he'll give them one more chance, and that the test afternoon will be much more challenging, so they should eat. Except Naruto, of course, who cheated by trying to eat by himself. Okay, I was gonna say, I think it's very funny that Kakashi took a bunch of, ch- of children out to go get their asses kicked in front of, like, a, a, a memorial for, like, dead soldiers. But, I mean, it's Kakashi's job to take the kids that aren't taking it seriously. Mm-hmm. And, like, send them back to school. Yeah. So, like, it makes sense that he would have that there as a prop to scold them. Uh-huh. I, I, I like that because there's like a like a big statue of the most awesome cool guys uh, in uh in, in the in the village. Naruto's just like oh, obviously all all like all like rocks with names or like depictions of people on them must be for awesome cool guys. So I, I better be at all of the rocks. Also, can we talk about the location of this like memorial? Yeah, what do you, what do you have to say about it? Just like in the woods somewhere. Uh huh. You know what? I'm gonna say something. Mm-hmm. I think Kakashi had that put there. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's not even real? Like, it, like okay, like, it's real. Like, like it actually has the names of all of his fallen comrades or whatever. Uh-huh. And stuff, but, like, I think he was like, yeah, I'm gonna put this out in the woods so that when I'm training snot-nosed brats, I can point to it and say, those people fucking died and you're not taking this seriously. Kakashi's like, yeah, can I get, like, a really fucked up car to show what happens if you, if you drive drug? <laughs> God, it is the ninja equivalent of showing, like, fucking a, VH, a VHS of car crashes in driving class. <laughs> yeah. With Kakashi out of sight, Sasuke offers Naruto some of his food. Sakura tells him off, thinking Kakashi must be watching them, but Sasuke is sure he isn't, and is convinced that in order to pass, the three of them need to be in top shape. 
This includes Naruto. Sakura agrees and offers to feed Naruto. As soon as Naruto takes a bite, Kakashi appears from a cloud of smoke. He yells and conjures a storm cloud to up the drama of their scolding, before calmly letting them know that they passed their second test. Everyone walks out pleased with themselves, except Naruto, of course, who they left tied to the stump. I think I want to talk about here is, uh, it is Sasuke's idea to, uh, to, to offer food to Naruto. I, I, Naruto specifically only thanks Sakura. Which I, I guess is maybe on some level stands like I, they, they are on some level trying to uh, point towards a love triangle here that just basically doesn't exist after a certain point. But also, I, th- I think it's a very funny, petty thing where I was like, I'm only going to thank the person I like, even though it wasn't her idea, even though she wanted to, to not do it. Do you think Sasuke was being like genuine when he said that he needs Naruto to be strong? Or did he think that was the test? I mean, like, I, I think that Sasuke has on some level like an amount of faith in Naruto's abilities and bets that, you know, if he was able to uh, be, be a little better directed in what he was doing, you know, may- maybe something could happen and it would be better to have Naruto and his army of Naruto's than to not. But also, Sasuke, I think, could have just figured out the test. That's also a possibility. So it's really hard to say. I mean, like, it's probably both to an extent. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, he probably felt safe suggesting it because of the whole, like, teamwork speech. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is, like, a pretty obvious test, I suppose. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I didn't mention this in the, like, written recap part, but, um, I, I like that Kakashi, like, made them speak up for themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's, that, that's like, a, it's a, it's a pretty, so I, I believe in the manga, it just goes straight to, uh, it just goes straight to it's Kakashi, Kakashi saying that they passed without, like, expanding on it. I think that's a pretty smart way to expand the scene. Yeah, it's like a nice moment of like, hey, did you, did you actually understand? Or are you just like, are you just doing the shit I said to do? Yeah, or or even did like, did you forget? Uh, the, the, a way that this scene is sort of expanded that I like a lot less is that in, in the manga, it just kind of leaves it at, oh, you know, there are, there are the three of them going to split to lunchboxes three ways. But in the uh, in the anime, it makes this whole ordeal of like, oh, Sakura is just going to eat less because she's a girl and she's on a diet and she's going to offer up her food. Uh, and that and that's the, the way it should be. It's just like... It just sucks. It does just suck. They they did, like, diet stuff earlier, too, right? When they first met up, like, Sakura was like, oh, and I'm extra hungry because I didn't eat a very big dinner last night because I'm on a diet. Yeah. And it's just like, ugh. It was like, I guess this is, like, the girl character trait you could give when you have no interest in writing women. Yeah, and it's fucked up, because, like, Sakura, honey, you're, like, you're a shinobi, you're an athlete, you need to be, like, you gotta grow up big and strong. You're, like, 12. She is like twelve. The, the the other thing I want to say is that uh, is Kakashi's got his whole his whole like final like summation point to this where he's like, those who break rules and codes are branded as garbage, but those who don't cherish their friends are garbage worse than that. And every time I I, I see this line, it gets to me because there's a movie we're gonna watch further down the line that's basically just about how much everybody loves saying that because of Kakashi. <laughs> Woo! God, Kakashi is the coolest guy in Naruto. Kakashi's pretty cool. I'm, 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 I'm enjoying Kakashi this time. I'm trying to think of a cooler guy in Naruto than Kakashi. He's up there. The only one who comes close is Kakashi's best friend, Guy Sensei. Hmm. But he's cool in a very different way. I, I'm, I'm curious about that because I remember being like a bit of a guy hater the last time I watched this. So we'll, we'll see how that pans out. Amazing. Well, also my most recent, like, the, the, the most recent thing I've seen with Guy in it was the section in Nar- uh, Boruto. Where it's just Guy and Kakashi hanging out. Yeah, they're going to the hot springs. That's that's good stuff. Yeah, he's pretty good there. I can't I can't deny that. Right. So like you know maybe maybe it's different then. Maybe he'll grow into like the second most coolest guy. 
Yeah, if also maybe I'll just be like I'll I'll just like be able to enjoy guys as, as like a character this time around. We'll see. That's like uh, that's a little ways off yet. Cold open with Team Seven having tactical chatter over the radio, but we soon learn that the target thereafter is a lost cat. After returning the cat, we learn that Genin are only allowed to go on easy missions, like tracking down lost pets or manual labor. Naruto complains that they aren't going on cooler missions and gets told off by Iruka and the third Hokage, but Naruto insists he's not the dumb prankster they all think he is. The Hokage concedes and gives them a routine bodyguard mission and introduces them to the client, a drunk bridge builder who needs protecting on the way back to his homeland. Okay, so before we get into this, really, I want to talk about the director on this episode. Um, this is actually uh, directed and storyboarded by uh, uh, one of my favorite Naruto directors, uh, Masahiko Murata. I don't know that this is his best episode, but I, I think we start to see some of his, his uh, quirks show up here. Um, Masahiko Murata has like a pretty long career. He's got credits and stuff, has a key animator dating back to the 80s, but I don't actually know much about what he's worked on outside of Naruto, so I'm going to mostly talk about him in the context of his Naruto work. I think an easy pull for Masahiko Murata as like his most iconic Naruto episode is uh, Gotta See, Gotta Know, Kakashi's tr- Sensei's True Face. <laughs> sort of uh, one of the undisputed classics of Naruto filler. Uh, and as you might suspect, he's got kind of a penchant for comedy. There's a lot of moments in this episode where he kind of plays up like the physical comedy in his boards. Like like when Naruto is uh, is like trying to capture the cat and the cat just starts kicking his ass. That's uh, that that's uh, that's on that's like I assume an edition in his boards. Uh, there's other little moments like that throughout, but he he's also like pretty capable of like taking on a like more like like a grimmer and more dour tone. I think that there's like three different times throughout the show where he like does episodes that brush up against Sasuke's backstory, and it's almost always some of the most compelling expressions of that stuff in the show. Um, beyond that, he directed like three of the Shippuden movies, and he is the series director for the Rock Lee spinoff, which I don't know if we're going to be watching for this podcast because it seems like a hard show to podcast about, probably. But he, he, he directed the first half of that. And then he also was the series director of Naruto Shippuden for the final seven episodes. Ooh. So he's he, 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 he's like, he, he's around a bunch. And I think he's got a lot of really interesting work that I'm excited to talk about. Yeah, I'm excited to see and like get a feel for more of his stuff. Because like, I'm going into this not knowing jack shit about the people that worked on Naruto. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm, I'm happy to be able to help change that. Uh, the other thing I want to talk about, this is, this is, well, another thing I want to talk about. This, this is way less serious, but, uh, we have another appearance of the guy who wears the hat and sits next to the third Hokage. Yes. He's back again in only one shot, and then the rest of the scene is, like, shot so that he's off screen. But he's still here. <laughs> he hasn't been erased from time yet. And also, his hat, his hat is bigger now. That's so scary. I'm choosing to believe it's the same guy, because that's what I that's what I need in my life. Yeah, it needs to be some guy and not just like a uniform that like secretaries wear. A uniform with variable hats, depending on importance of the secretary. There, there's like a, there's like another bit that I think is really funny in this section of the episode where while the third Hokage is explaining the mission structure, like it, it like it cuts away to like Naruto just talking about what he wants for lunch, and also everybody else in Team Seven is like ignoring the third Hokage in favor of watching Naruto talk about what he wants for lunch. <laughs> This show might be good. It's just pretty good sometimes. When they head out, Tazuna, the bridge builder, voices concerns about being sent out with a bunch of Genin, but Kakashi reassures him, saying that as a Jonin, he's capable of handling the mission by himself if necessary. As they walk away from the conversation, we see them being watched by two mysterious shinobi, notably not from the Hidden Leaf. Yeah, there's a, there's a cut, there's like a few cuts leading up to this where like 
it's just this really striking like everything is just like 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 everything is just black with like this like really overbearing light washing over it where you see you see you see this ninja jumping through like like over the treetops and there's like this shot like this like first person shot of somebody like rushing through the trees really fast as the the trees sort of like fade in through the light it's extremely striking and they're cool designs yeah these are these are like so these are like some real like a-class jobber designs like they're actually dressed like ninja. Mm-hmm. Like Naruto's orange. How's <laughs> he supposed to sneak? We can't do this. Later on the road, Kakashi explains that not every land has a ninja. Initiations with shinobi villages use them to maintain good relations with surrounding countries. He then goes on to list each of the five shinobi villages, each led by their own kage. But Kakashi tells them not to worry, as there shouldn't be any enemy ninja in a lowly C-class mission. <laughs> While Tazuna listens to this and visibly sweats. That's fine, probably. Probably fine. Probably doesn't mean anything. <laughs> there's, also, there's also a bit during here where, like, Kashi is, like, explaining the, the, the world building. And, uh, and, uh, and, 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 and like, Dr. was like, I think the Hokage is bullshit. He doesn't seem that good. And, you know, they're right. That guy is bullshit. He's, like, he's old. He, he already retired. And it's not like, and it's not like Hokage has, like, a set term. Right, like, you stop being the Hokage when it's time to stop being the Hokage. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, if, if he's not if he's not the coolest, most toughest guy in the world, then, like, yeah, he's, like, a hundred years old, okay? Be nice. Like, I'm not even saying he's weak. I just think he's bullshit. I think he's a bullshit man. Yeah, I mean, like, you're not wrong. He's a little bit bullshit. It's fine. It's okay. It's okay to be bullshit. Unless you're the Hokage, I guess. Fucking double standards over here. I've always holding Hokage to extremely harsh standards. A ways down the road again, they're ambushed. One ninja rises out of a pool behind them, and another springs from a tree. Each of them extend a spiked chain from their big clawed gauntlet, and tear Kakashi to pieces as the children look on in horror. Pretty obviously, Kakashi's okay. Yeah. But they play out this Kakashi death for a while, not like the last one. You know, there's there's another like really striking shot where the whole screen is washed in red except for the chunks of Kakashi's body flying everywhere as the like chain suffers them apart. Yeah, that would be a much stronger episode end. And this one is just a lowly fucking commercial break. Can you imagine if the first half of the half of this episode was like twelve minutes of them trying to catch a cat? Twelve minutes? That could have been a whole episode. It it could have been. This is like just poor planning on the adaptation's part, I think. Could have got more of that cool tactical radio chatter about a cat. You could have had the reveal that it's a cat like eight eight minutes into the episode. God, they could have had like a like a secret B plot where there's like a somebody like hiding from pursuers, but then it turns out that it's like not our friends <laughs> that's chasing them. We're really envisioning a world here. I won't say if it's better or worse, but we're envisioning it. I think it's better because then we get more Naruto episodes. That's right. We don't have enough. They're not making this shit anymore. Because of a new shit that starts with a B. They attack Naruto, and he locks up in fear. Sasuke steps in and disarms them of the chain. They split up, one going for Naruto, and the other Tazuna. Sakura steps in between the enemy and Tazuna, and Sasuke steps up to defend her. Kakashi, out of nowhere, clotheslines the guy going for Tazuna with the other one already unconscious tucked under his arm. Kakashi apologizes to Naruto for not stepping in before he got injured, and compliments Sasuke and Sakura's efforts. This was a really fun, like, little, like, first real action sequence. Yeah, yeah, there's some, there's some cool stuff where, like, when, when one of the ninjas is rushing at Naruto, there's, like, some really disorienting editing where it keeps cutting, but, but, like, as the ninja is running, before we get a clear sense of, like, where he's going, like, he's rushing at Naruto, Naruto just barely comes in, is, like, shows up in the frame, and it cuts away again, and, like, it, it sells the idea that, you know, Naruto can't really track what, what this guy is doing, like, super well. Yeah, and, like, I, I especially like, that we don't see Naruto get injured, mm-hmm. in- unless my anime is broken. 
I, I don't think we do. I, I think it is like something that is only called attention to after the fact. And Naruto just hasn't even processed that he has a scratch on his hand. Yeah. And Kakashi's just so fucking cool again. Kakashi's cool. And the big claw gauntlets that these ninjas have are cool. Yeah, they're cool. And the little like maneuver Sasuke does to pin the chain to the tree is cool. Yeah, yeah, I, I, the, just the cut where the, where when the, cha- when the chain is like moving fast, it's just this like solid band, and it only becomes distinguishable as the individual shuriken links as it gets pinned to the tree. God, like it's it's brief and to the point, and it's really fun. And I think I think I think I'm enjoying Naruto. I think I like Naruto. Yeah, God, God damn it! <laughs> I mean, I do this about myself, but if if this is news for you, then it's probably good for the podcast. But I don't know; it might be personally devastating. No, it's good for me. It might be bad for the podcast. <laughs> Did you want to be a hater? I want to be a hater a little bit, at least. <laughs> I'm sure we'll find the time to be a hater. We've got so much Naruto in our future. I hope. Naruto has a little crisis about how level-headed Sasuke was in the first ever real fight, and Kakashi warns him not to move around too much on account of the poison in his blood and that they need to open up the wound to drain out the poison blood. Kakashi ties down the enemy ninja and identifies them as being from the Hidden Mist. Tazuna asked why he left the kids to fight, and Kakashi explains that he needed to know who they were targeting, and confirms they are indeed going for the bridge builder, making this far beyond the scope of a C-Rank mission. Can we talk about how, like, Kakashi thinks that to help with poison, you gotta, you gotta cut the wound open more so you bleed out all the poison? He's not wrong within the context of the show is the thing. Like, Naruto does that, and it works, so... Blood's just different. Does it? I'm pretty sure. Does it? Or is Naruto just built different? He's also built different, but I... We're meant to believe, I'm pretty sure, that he gets the poison out by putting his blood out of him. But we can't know until it happens to somebody else. We need somebody else to get poisoned, so we can understand the world of Naruto better. Yeah, we need somebody else to get poisoned and then bleed to death, and then a doctor to say, like, I'm sorry, you told them what? When Tsunade shows up in, like, a bunch of episodes, Naruto's gonna be like, yeah, this one time I was told to let the poison out of me, and she's like, why did somebody tell you to do that? I need to kill it. I need to go kill somebody quick. (laughs) I need to go beat up Kakashi. I didn't think he'd do it. Kakashi just has to act like this is how you handle poison for the rest of his life. Tazuna is in so much trouble. God, can you can you imagine how he must have felt when like he put in the mission request and then he got like a training exercise with a bunch of children and then Kakashi's all like, "Oh, you don't need to worry. We'll we'll probably won't run into anything. If like if anything, probably just like a bandit or something. We'll probably just scare him off by just being ninja there." So they got like fifty feet out of the village, and uh, it's a, it's a good thing he's on that he he got the show to protect us with them because in any circumstance he probably goes to jail and then he gets assassinated in jail. And I don't I don't want that for him. So you know, good g- good on him. Yeah, right. Because like, imagine the world where like it wasn't Naruto who got poisoned and instead fucking S- Sakura dies from poison. She would be fine. She just let the poison out with her blood. Then Kakashi and that man are going to jail. I think I think that Sakura would responsibly get enough of her blood out to only take out the poison. And I, 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 I just don't know why you're acting like this doesn't work. Okay, we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves because Sakura suggests they should head back to the village and get Naruto to a doctor. But Naruto doesn't want to be treated like a burden, so he draws a knife and stabs himself in the hand to let all the blood out, and declares his conviction to grow stronger. Kakashi compliments the drive, but tells Naruto he should stop bleeding or he might die. So Naruto panics, and Kakashi steps in to inspect the wound, just in time to watch it close by itself with nine-tailed fox chakra. So like we were saying, Naruto's built different, and anybody else would have died to poison and blood loss. 
I and I I think that every anybody else would have more responsibly stabbed themselves in the hand, like only done it like a a reasonable amount, and it would have been fine. I'm choosing to believe that poison and blood works differently in Naruto. Blood just moves way slower throughout the body. I mean, maybe maybe that's the first thing they teach you in ninja school. Is that how to get your blood to move different? Yeah, nobody is allowed to be a ninja if a ha- if they have a higher than one BPM, because then people, then other ninja will hear your heartbeat and come and get your ass. You might be out to something. So everyone just teach your hearts to beat real slow. The, the other thing is, is, is interesting here is that when Naruto is having his little crisis, obviously his feelings of like inadequacy are directed primarily at Sasuke because that rivalry is the core relationship of the show. But in this moment, at least, like Sakura also gets to be above him. And I'm curious if that survives even this arc. Even the next episode, I will be surprised. Because well, I, I know there's a few moments coming up where Sakura gets to be better at Naruto still. But 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 it's better at something than Naruto still. But yeah, I, I I wonder how far they carry that. So elsewhere, in a dark and misty forest, you see a strange building. Inside, a small man in a suit is hollering at a seated figure, complaining that he paid a lot of money for them to go and fail the mission. The seated figure tells him to shut up, and without standing, extends his fuck off huge sword like right to the man's throat, like standing across the room, saying the next time he'll go and do it himself. The man dissuades him, saying they have a strong ninja, and after the failed attempt, they'll have tightened security. The seated figure scoffs and asks if the man knows who he is, proclaiming himself Zabaza Momochi, the demon of the hidden mist. Hell yes. Fuck yes. The, the escalation of villains here is incredible, because we go from uh, Mizuki, who has no presence, to the demon brothers, who like aren't a huge deal, but they're like really cool. And we get to fucking Zabaza, and Zabaza rocks. Zabaza is so cool. He's got a big sword. He doesn't get better than having a big sword. Fuck! I didn't even consider Zabuza for coolest guy in Naruto. I don't know that Zabuza's coolest guy in Naruto. I think there is like uh, there's a school of people who believe this. I don't know if I believe it, but no. But he's a contender, like worth mentioning. He is very cool. He's definitely like coolest early bad guy of Naruto. How many people are in that category? Zabuza. He is. <laughs> he is. He is acing it. He's knocking it out of the park with his big sword. It's the only cool big sword, too. <laughs> we can't get too in-depth about the big swords. That's getting really far afield, but it is definitely the coolest big sword. I'm just glad we did it. We did it? Yeah, we saw Zabuza. We saw Zabuza. I'm excited. I really I really like this arc. I'm, I'm excited to be here. I'm excited that Naruto is taking shape. That first episode was kind of rough, but it, I'm, I'm sort of surprised how quickly it starts feeling like the thing I love after uh like like our first podcast episode to be clear yeah but like i'm, I'm surprised how, how quickly it starts like taking shape after that and becomes the thing that i love yeah this is the real naruto now it, it just gets there so fast we didn't have a stinker this this podcast episode like may- maybe the first one of that little like two-part episode in the beginning is like n- not that great i mean it, it was like a it was like sort of like a c- conservatively like like in terms of like a, like staff episode like it is just the sort of episode that needs to exist for an animated long running to exist Right, but it's the first episode in a two-parter, right? Like, you gotta consider it as one unit, right? In a way that, like, even, you know, later, like, multi-episode arcs, like, obviously, it's a thing, but, like, a two-parter specifically, you gotta consider each individual episode, like, as part of that unit in a way you don't necessarily have to with, like, a longer arc. I I can subscribe to that metric, I think. And it's just like, fuck, man, like, we're in the good Naruto, we're watching Naruto! We're watching Naruto! Oh man, I didn't think we were we were going to be watching like Naruto for a bit with that first podcast episode. Well, it sneaks up on you. It sneaks up on you. Yeah, I don't dude, know how. Have... He's fucking orange. <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to do this every episode? 
Probably not every episode. Okay, that's good. I bet there's some episodes where he doesn't wear orange. Actually, I don't know if there are. I, that's a bold claim. We'll have to see. He definitely wears other clothes on a ca- like on extreme occasion. But I don't think we could hit three episodes in a row. We might hit three episodes in a row that he's just not in. Fair. But he'd still be orange somewhere else. Also, three episodes in a row that line up with our podcast schedule. I think that's pretty possible. I, I'm, I'm just saying it's a harder window to hit than three episodes in a row in general. Yeah, do, do you have anything else you want to say? Are we, are we, uh... I think we're about good. Well... <sighs> Thank you for listening, everybody. Uh, that was episode two of Konoha Crush. Next week, we will be watching uh, episodes seven, eight, and nine of Naruto. Uh, and that'll be it for now. See you later. And remember, there is no such thing as filler.